0: Let's go into the night with Rick Balu on 1010 XL, ninety-two point five FM. Get out! Know,
1: I don't typically start the show with a question. I just don't. God, I love this song. I mean, this is the song of 24. You just add a little bit of cowbell to it. Oh, it's a lovemaking song. It's a breakup song. It's a marriage song. Oh, JJ, can you have it set up that when I fall in that wooden box, maybe this is played at my funeral? What do you think? Deal. Still don't know one word in the song. We've been playing it now for, I think, four years. I've uh, been into the night, I think, in year five. I think it's the anniversary being kicked up in the world. <laughs> Depending on how you look at it, right? I mean, to me, it's a, it's a blast, man. Into the night with J.J. Lasalva. What more could a middle-aged man uh, ask for? But I start with a question. You know, you, you always hear when you're growing up, all oh, your kids are resilient. Dogs and cats. Oh, cats are finicky. Right, 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 right. It's a good thing I won't bring up politics here. I'd say a dog is one side and a cat is the other. One side is rough and and Get right up in front of you. Rah, 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 rah. The other is kind of sneaky and comes from behind. A little kitty cat yet, but I won't do that. This is a sports talk already. I mean, I'm not going to get into Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel. So no, 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 no. We stick. Come on, Baloo. Stick with sports. Okay, I will. Dogs are resilient. Freaking sports fans are resilient. You are. You can do anything to you folks. You can put up 19 points in two games like Jacksonville did. You can lose the backup quarterback after backup quarterback. You can go through injuries. You can have discussions about you missed here, you missed there. Wrong draft pick here, wrong draft pick there. Major miss in free agency. Why is he still the general manager? Why is he still calling? I mean, it's all of a sudden you win a game 26 nothing, and it goes away. It goes away, right? Everything tastes better. Food is better. The cocktails are better. All of a sudden, here it is Wednesday and it's Tennessee week. The script is totally changed with this rivalry, one of which the Titans still hold a 34-24 to 24 lifetime advantage. Yeah, they'll meet for the 59th time. I did include, unfortunately, that playoff loss back when they lost all three. Back in 1999. That would have been January of, uh, of 2000, right? Because not too long after that is when I actually took off to Chicago uh, for seven years. Jacksonville, a five and a half point favorite. Your total is 40. But we've seen everything change. Jacksonville's won three in a row. Doug Peterson's never lost to Tennessee. Opportunity now to go four and zero, and the stakes are enormous. You win, you're in. You win, you host. You lose, it gets complicated, right? You need Denver. Uh, to lose to Vegas. You need Pittsburgh to lose to Baltimore, and it feels like Baltimore's going to rest starters. They're actually a a three-and-a-half-point home underdog with the money pouring in right now on Pittsburgh. They don't have to play to win this weekend. Week 18, game 17. Uh, Jacksonville lost five in a row to Tennessee, but again, they've totally turned that around, and they've won three straight. That includes winning, what, six weeks ago Knocking them off right here in Jacksonville 34-14 back on November 19th to grab a huge divisional victory against the Titans. When I look at Tennessee, this is a poor team. They they cannot score, okay? It's like watching that Michigan-Alabama game the other night in the first of the two semifinals for the college football playoff. Yeah, it's like watching Florida State after the injury. Uh, to Jordan Travis. They, they just cannot score, period. However, despite all the injuries, this is still a pretty good defense. And I was, you know, crunching numbers a little bit earlier today, as I always do. And I, I think one of the major issues uh, that Jacksonville has had again this year has been the problems that they consistently can't get away from once they're inside their 20s. Red zone offense, last three games, 5 of 15 if you look at touchdowns. Too many opportunities, what, 10 of those 15 for field goals. We know McManus went through a couple of really bad games. Certainly, he found himself last week, and that is encouraging, albeit it wasn't of the 50-plus variety uh, like, in fact, he had been missing. Lost at all of this is Tennessee has the best red zone defense in the NFL, and I expect this to be cold. I expect it to be better. The eight years that I was a sideline reporter for the Jacksonville Jaguars, that is the coldest place I ever went. It wasn't Green Bay or Buffalo or Kansas City or New England or New Jersey or Denver or Cincinnati or Cleveland. I've been to them all. Been to every NFL city. It was that one. And I guess we checked it yesterday. Would you say a high of fifty-four, a low of forty-two?
2: Exactly. So yeah. not too crazy, but. Not the beach either. hmm I always think ahead, and admittedly, maybe I do things
1: a little bit differently. Okay? I, maybe, uh, you know, as Judge Schmales was at, uh, you know, uh, even or odd. Or odd, right? Smails the third, Dr. Bieberman, Bishop Pickering to the first tee. It's too damn cold to play golf right now. What's it going to be like tomorrow? What's it going to be like on Saturday? I need to get up. What am I going to do on Saturday for crying out loud? I have no college football. Do you have any idea what it is? I know you're on the Doppler over there. See, this one's great it's about J.J. with It's what? rainy,
2: unfortunately. It can't
1: rain on a Saturday All here. All day. It, it rained today. rain tomorrow.
2: You can't rain on these people on a Saturday. It looks like maybe late afternoon you can get out there in the 70s. Now, I want to get out early
1: because there's two games on Saturday. That, that Pittsburgh-Baltimore game, I think it's at 4.30 our time. And you know there's a lot of importance there. If Jacksonville was to lose, which they're not. If they were to lose, you can still get into the playoffs if Pittsburgh loses to Baltimore, Denver loses to Las Vegas, and the Colts and uh Colts and Texans do not tie. Okay? So, the only thing you'll know before the ball game on Sunday is the Pittsburgh Baltimore outing. And again, you need uh, Pittsburgh in this game, um, you know, it, there you go. You need them to lose. You need Denver to lose, and, the, and then you do not need to tie uh, there between the Colts and the Texans. Florida toward, towards Indianapolis right now is a one-point underdog at home against the Houston Texans. I think it's going to be a great game. Obviously, the winner of that, if Jacks did uh, lose the game, they'd have a better overall record, and they would end up winning the AFC South. Jackson will get an opportunity to uh, obviously clinch one of the Wild card uh, positions, but I I would like it to be cold, and and the reason for that is, you know, I always look ahead. That's just the way that I'm wired, whether it's the next week or it's the next season. And I just think the Jaguar fans are going to be into such a, a treat this year during the off season. And I was looking at it a little bit earlier today. I think the tampering period begins. It's either the 11th, the 13th, a couple of days before. I'm sure that's when it is, you know, right before the cusp of a free agency in the NFL. It's going to be a crazy week around here because that is also the week of the players. And that is also the week of uh, Tedeschi trucks playing Saturday night after the players. Uh, They will do so at the St. Aug Amp, which is going to be outstanding. By the way, I did text back and forth. With with Derek yesterday because we're supposed to play some golf and he told me that his plans have changed. He's out on the farm in Georgia writing some music. um He's brought in someone to help him write, but he's getting ready to leave to Mexico for a Grateful Dead reunion. What do you think, JJ? Would that I think be a good time? It's going to be
2: tough for Jerry Garcia to show up. Yes, um, I'll but- give you that,
1: Bob. We yeah, yeah but. Lots can you of, imagine uh, going to Mexico to see, uh, you know, a, a bunch of artists on stage doing nothing but the Grateful Dead?
2: I'm assuming there will be some so entertainment what? in the crowd. Mm. Yeah.
1: Jaguar is one of their biggest fans, uh, the great Derek Trucks. But, yeah, that that weekend is going to be just absolutely spectacular. I mean, you're going to have the start of free agency. You're going to have the Players' Championship. And... Um, I know I'm going to be doing something, I forget the name of the band, the Led Zeppelin cover band who comes to the town each and every year. I go and I see them. They'll be out there Friday night after the players. And then Saturday, again, it'll be uh, Tedeschi Trucks. So if if you love rock and roll, you love music, uh, obviously Tedeschi Trucks isn't classic rock, but it's still just incredible and you've never been. Uh, Two great opportunities uh, with those bands rolling into town and just a couple of months. But I want it to be cold because, again, as I say, I think ahead in this offseason, I mean, there's just one after another. I honestly can't remember. You know, typically you know, look back the last few years, right? Number one pick, number one pick. At this point, we're already like, hey, there's only 112 days into the NFL draft. You know, let's start getting draft analysts on. That's like, what? No, that's so pushed away now. I mean, the focus is you win a game at Tennessee, you host the playoff game here. Then you go, and chances are you're probably on the road for the divisional round of the playoffs. And the chances are you're probably going to be taking on a cold-weather team, right? You know, Baltimore, Buffalo, Kansas City, somewhere down the line. Whether it, It could be both down the line, but divisional and championship rounds. So why not take this opportunity in Nashville to have it be cold? And, again, they're professionals, all right? I, I, I guess you get them ready, and they're ready. And, you know, and, and what I mean by sometimes I think ahead and I make a bigger deal about it, I'll give you an example. How many times have I, and I, I would just say perhaps others as well, give you this. Oh, man, can't wait to have these teams in in September. It is so brutally hot here. At the bank, it's going to be vicious for the opponents. You know, that sun shines on the visiting bench and and the home bench is protected and they're really going to struggle here. Well, the last time I checked in the month of September, Jacksonville lost both home games. They lost to Kansas City. They lost to Houston. So, you know what it ended up meaning? Nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, maybe it's the same deal. These are professionals. And whether you play indoors, whether you play in Miami – Or you play in one of these cold-weather environments, they're a pro, they'll be ready, they'll get after it. I don't know. To me, it's always been really, really key, looking at the intangible. You're trying to tell me that playing Buffalo in London was the same thing as it would have been playing Buffalo on the road? And I know at that point, it would have been, what, week four, week five? So it wouldn't have been as cold there in, uh, in upstate New York. But still, I'm just... I'm making this into what I really believe it is, a tremendous opportunity to not only win a football game, but to also play in that type of atmosphere weather-wise before you hopefully continue that at some point this year throughout the playoffs. The other thing, and I just said it to the guys uh, here during Crosstalk, let's kick Mike Vrabel out. He's a good coach. He's a really good coach. He snapped at the media yesterday, which I always enjoy. I love it when any coach uh, snaps at the media, and and frankly, I wish there was a little bit more of it. Okay, coaches and players, they get sick of us, uh, just like everyone else does in your line of profession. Right, you get tired of the person to your left, you get tired to the person of your right. No one wants to be around a losing football team. This is a better team than what their record would indicate. Yeah, they were blown out by the Texans. And when Levis went down, they went to Tannehill. Actually had a pretty good afternoon. They just couldn't put it into the end zone. But besides that, man, they lost at home 2017 to Seattle. They lost 19-16 to Houston. Three weeks ago, they won in Miami 28-27. Before that, they lost 31-28. to against the Indianapolis Colts. The point I'm trying to make is 26-3, don't overanalyze that. Consider what they've done in the last month. Lost by three. Lost by three. Lost by three. Won a ball game by one. On the road in Miami. This is a better team than what they showed last week. Now, have they quit? I don't know. The injury report is massive in Nashville. I'll go through that momentarily. It is a huge one. And I think some wonder, are they really going to play hard this weekend uh, for Mike Vrabel? There's reports that he's on the outs, you know, Rand Carthon, perhaps looking for someone else uh, to come on in, the general manager right now for the Tennessee Titans. I think this is a win-win if you drop a number on him and you also hear that's it for Mike Vrabel. Get him out of there. He's going to get another job. We have, what, three openings right now? D.C. is going to open. I wonder what's going to happen in New York slash New Jersey. It feels like Dayball is going to survive another year. The situation with Salas is kind of up and, up and down and all around Chicago. That may be the only city that may be more exciting this year during the offseason than right here in Jacksonville because, of course, they get Carolina's top pick and whether or not you keep Justin Fields or you – get Caleb Williams or whoever you think is the top-rated quarterback in this year's April draft, but, you know, Belichick in New England, and there could be another surprise firing. Uh, but Mike Vrabel's going to get another job, okay? There's no doubt about that. I mean, you look at all these firings or everything that happens, I got to believe the three most sought-after coaches are going to be Jim Harbaugh, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel. And I know there's a ton of coordinators and others that are looking for work. And, and we'll get opportunities. But those are three coaches who have won. Harbaugh, say what you want about him. You know, he still took San Francisco to the Super Bowl. And we always throw it out there how these coaches fail, right? Who were the last to fail? Matt Rule, he just failed. You know, or he can go through the Urbans and you can go through, a, well, you know, every once in a while you do have success. Jimmy Johnson, who had his obviously, name retired this weekend at Jerry's World, Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh. I guess the difference there, though, is they went back and forth, back and forth, right? Pete Carroll was a pro coach. He went to USC. Then he came back. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was a college coach. He became a pro coach. Now he went back to college. Now he's probably going to go back to the NFL. So yeah, you can you can give me that argument as well. It's It's certainly a a very good one. All right, man, we are absolutely fired up and ready to go here today. What a great day for Jacksonville health wise. It just feels really good, doesn't it? I mean, this thing has been doom and gloom, and they turned it around. They, granted, they turned it around against a really bad team. But that's my point. I think on the surface, people are just going to say, well, that's the same deal this weekend, Baloo. Tennessee's a bad team. Team, You know, Tennessee's 5-11. and 11. Tennessee just got rolled 26-3. to three, And that's where I'm going to give you the not-so-fast. That's where I'm going to tell you that this is a bit of rivalry. Mike Vrabel really wants to win this game. i got to believe some on his team want to win this game. And as I just pointed out, look at the last four games they have played outside of this one against Houston. They have been in them all. And two of those four teams are, you know, Going to be playoff teams. Absolutely. Miami and the winner of the Houston-Indianapolis game. So we got a lot to do right here on this Wednesday edition of In to the Night. All right, opening comments are brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Uh, once again, really looking forward to 2024 uh, with them. They've got the very latest as far as all of the uh, up-to-date equipment and things that uh, are in the now when it comes to your eyes. But it's so much more than that, right? That feels like a car wash. Bring you in, bring you out. How about a little extra attention? You know, how about a little, a little bit about me, if you will? These are your eyes. And you want someone that you can trust. You want a family organization that, you want, that you're going to want to go back and visit because of just how well they do your job. That's why I absolutely recommend Shmunez Vision. Family organization out at the beach, personal, high-quality medical and surgical eye care that included surgery on my right eye eight and a half years ago. Anything that you can think of for your family, whether it's issues with your cataract, whether it's a cornea issue, maybe it's just the overall blurry vision, uh, maybe headaches. I mean, it's unlimited what you could be getting, and you're asking yourself what's going on. It's time for an eye examination. Check them out at That is Shmunez Vision dot com care you can see. All right, let me come back. Much more on the Jags. The Philly Godfather is 25 minutes away. We'll check the money with him. John Osher at seven. It's great to have you with us alongside JJ LaSelva. My
0: name is Rick Balou. Into the night with Rick Balloo on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: All right, we do tonight till 8, tomorrow till 8. Looking forward to getting into the Jaguars locker room tomorrow. And then Friday as well, 6 to 8. So, going to be a very, very busy week right here on your home at the Jaguars. Patriot Roofing Services, they help bring you the program right here on this Wednesday night. Whether it's commercial or residential roofing or roofing repairs. All right? Gutters, sun tubes, skylights, 10-year workmanship warranty. Uh, Just give my buddy Mark Tazzolo. A call. 982-4052. 982-4052. You'll be celebrating a uh, historic birthday in Vegas coming up in February. Uh, I'll be joining him the same weekend that I'm going to see you two at the Sphere. Is that how we say it now? The Sphere?
2: I enjoyed the Sphere, which we were calling it for six months.
1: Well, I got that from the Chief. I got that from Osceola, right? Give me the spear, chief, chief, chief! Give me the spear. So yeah, when you told me you two was at the sphere,
2: I was like, huh? Yeah. If you don't know, it's like a, it is a sphere mm-hmm. right outside of the strip, and like on the inside, apparently their ability to like, uh, show have a light show and like. I don't know an IMAX on meth, basically. Yeah, it's spectacular. I'm gonna have to be on some product, probably. Best. To, so what? Best option.
1: Am I better off, like, trying to sneak gummies onto the plane, or just walk the strip in no. Vegas and get them?
2: Yeah, uh, Las Vegas. It's absolutely legal to go to any recreational okay. shop and spend about a bazillion dollars. I'm sure, but yeah.
1: Because if I got pinched, I think I'd probably get a promotion here, right? (laughs) I I just think the only thing you you, you never want to
2: risk anything with the uh, TSA. No, no, you don't get on a list, right? Right. I
1: showed you the price of the tickets, man.
2: Nothing in Vegas is cheap, dude.
1: Eighteen hundred bucks for two tickets. It's going to be the twenty eighth time I've seen them, so I I gladly paid it. And as I've always said, I never, I do not care when it comes to entertainment. And, you know, I'm lucky enough, I get to play some free rounds of golf and I get a, a dinner here or there or whatever or, or um, you know, maybe a ticket here and there. But I've never had a problem paying for entertainment. And I'm just, but I'm just trying to think on the surface. You know, in 93, I paid 300 bucks a pop for those Florida State, Notre Dame tickets in South Bend for my brother and I. That was 600 bucks for two tickets. And in nineteen ninety three, that was a lot of money. But what's the most I've ever spent on a concert? Wow. Concert tickets are typically, you know, they're pricey. But you know, two, three, four hundred dollars, not not uh I mean, this is this is nearly a grand a ticket to see you two in February. Absolutely nuts. So um everyone's giving me the advice here now on what to do. Uh as far as uh Sneaking in the stuff. Well, you know, I got, if you got a med card, you're fine.
2: Right? If you're in Vegas, you don't need a med card, first of all. You also just don't bring anything to Vegas. Everything's in Vegas. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's like the last, you know, I came back from
1: Costa Rica, and I, I get all these cahibas, and there's like a big deal that you got to take the labels off because you can't get caught <laughs> With bringing like
2: back a real Cuban,
1: you know, Cigars from Cuba, right? I I I mean, I remember that decades ago, the first time I ever went to Jamaica, it was like you could get a box of Cuban cigars for like 75 bucks. And then there's a huge sign that says, You will be arrested. Did I say arrested? You will be arrested if you try to transport
2: the cigars
1: wherever. I always wondered. They're selling them right there as you get ready to board the plane.
2: I've always wondered if that was just like a, Hey guys, don't do this thing. Wink, wink. We don't really care.
1: So what is it? One of those deals. If you live in Jamaica, it's like, Hey man, take me to the airport so I can get some Cuban cigars. Well, yeah. And then turn around and go back to wherever it is. You live.
2: Perfect example of uh, the wink, wink thing is in Jamaica. Like, Marijuana is illegal in Jamaica, but everywhere you go, they're selling you weed. Yeah. Bro, I went to one of those
1: sandals resorts the first time, and there was like a chain-link fence, and every native is blowing a huge doobie, and and they're sending all that smoke to everyone who's hanging out in front of the water and in front of the pool, and everyone's like, hey, what's that?
2: Yeah, come get a taste.
1: So I walk over there. And it's like some guy hands me like a tree. Okay. It was like, it was like twenty five thousand dollars worth of marijuana <laughs> back in the way. He's like, yeah, get $50. here, <laughs> Yeah. And you're telling me it's
2: illegal? Yes. But it's uh they don't exactly arrest tourists for it.
1: At the spear. Spear. That's what that's what they're telling me here online. You're telling me the correct way to say it is Sphere. Yes. Right. There is an a, a PH. hmm So, going to be fun. Looking forward to it. So, that's, that's, that's three concerts. I, see, the uh, off-season for football, to me, is, is concert time. And, you know, it, you, you got to find them. Sometimes you got to travel to get them. But, anyway, let's get to uh, Trevor Lawrence today. He was asked uh, this morning whether or not he would be able to give it a go.
3: Yeah, I'll be out there today. Um, We'll just have to kind of see how I'm feeling. I'm going to try to do some stuff and then see how it feels and I need to move around though and kind of get back in the flow because I didn't do a lot of that last week. So um, yeah, I'll be out there today and just as the week goes on depending on how it's feeling, you know, we'll see how much I end up doing, but um, hopefully every day do a little bit more and get ready for the game. All right, when the media was
1: available to watch practice today, did not throw. Doesn't mean he didn't after the fact, okay? But During media accessibility, he did not throw the football. Remember, a week ago at this time, Doug Peterson said that he would be limited and he would throw during individual drills. He did not. We know he missed the game this past weekend against uh, Carolina. Here we are, still wondering. For what it's worth, I think they win in Tennessee, whether it's Trevor Lawrence or C.J. Bethard. But once again, Trevor was asked, what exactly is going on right now? With the right arm, with the right shoulder,
3: yeah, I mean it' it's feeling better. Um, I think certain certain movements bother more than others. there's some things that I can do, and there's some areas where I have totally normal strength and you know it's functional and all that, but in certain positions, it does get a little bit there's some aggravation, but um, that's getting better every day, but it still would like to see that go down a little bit more before I just totally let it loose.
1: All right, I'm all for three here, so I'm gonna ask you, JJ, and for those who forget. When he rolled the ankle, I thought no way he'd play. When he was in the concussion protocol, we wrapped up our Thursday show. Ian Rappaport came out and said, if you don't practice Wednesday and Thursday, almost never play. I was under the impression with the concussion that he wouldn't go. He played in both uh, of those games. Then last week, we have the Philly Rooster on, who tells us he just hung up the phone from his incredible connection from a Las Vegas book who said he is playing. And sure enough, we found out that he is not. So I'm 0 for 3 on Trevor. Is he playing this weekend?
2: Yes. I think he would have played last weekend if it was a ride-or-die must-win game. But I think they got lucky in the schedule that they're playing the worst team in the NFL so they could ride with CJ. But, yeah, I think he'll play. I would be, oh, my God, completely shocked if he doesn't at this point. Uh, Mm. With the season on the line. I expect him to be out there.
1: I hope you're right. I'm, um, well, what, since I'm 0-3, why don't I just come out and say he's not going to play? There you go. You Make the people happy? <laughs> I mean, sure. I'll do that. Uh, I
2: still do think the team could win without him. Oh, yeah, him.
1: absolutely. Listen, it, it, C.J. Bethard's going to take what they give you. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is his moxie the way that he's wired he's going to try to make plays and there are times where he absolutely makes plays there are other times where he also makes mistakes because he's trying to make plays cj bethard i i think is a guy who understands what he does very well and what he doesn't do well and he's not going to take those chances and he is you know going to be a little bit more i was actually Pleasantly surprised by his 7.4 average per pass. That was a little bit higher uh, than I thought you know it would be, but uh, we'll see. I mean all the all the news right now is obviously with those five offensive players, and two of them were full today. Good news for both Ezra Cleveland and with Walker Little. Uh, lost in last week's victory, as Little did come in late for Cam and and took seven snaps at left tackle. My guess is that Ezra Cleveland is back in as your starting left guard this weekend uh, for Tyler Shatley. Let me see this real quick. Um, I'm, I, I know, but, you, but you, you're such a hypocrite. You, you, you rip pro football focus, but then you go to it. So I guess pro football focus is resilient as well. Tyler Shatley had the worst grade as any offensive lineman, the worst grade of any offensive player last week. Um, Tyler Shotley, 44.6. So, I'm going to expect Ezra Cleveland uh, to get back in. Uh, No doubt about it. The other three, uh, Zay Jones with the knee and the hamstring. Christian Kirk, who has been officially now designated for return. He is on the designation for return list. Doesn't always mean you're going to bring him back, right? We saw Christian Braswell. Spent 21 days. His season is over. We have also recently seen Cam Robinson and others who have come back effectively and uh, after spending time on the injured reserve. Uh, Does Christian Kirk give it a go? Don't know. I I do not know. We'll see. And, of course, Trevor Lawrence uh, limited today as well. So Jones, Kirk, and Lawrence limited. I'm not going to go through Tennessee's injury report right now because – uh, I, I simply do not have enough time. But I will tell you that five players did not practice. That is just insane. They've got, let's see here, five, ten. They have 15 players on the practice report. All right, two of those were for rest, Danico Autry and DeAndre Hopkins. But the other 13 are injured right now in Nashville. And the end result of that is is, is Jackson's getting a little bit more money. This basically opened up around four and a half. It's now around five and a half, and that money continues to move. As a matter of fact, let's do that here on the other side when we do bring in the Philly Godfather. We'll check the money on this. A couple of other big games coming up this weekend in the National Football League, and we'll take our first look at the national championship that's going to be played on Monday between Washington and Michigan. Where's the money on that matchup? All that stuff coming up right here
0: on Into the Night. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line.
1: All right, it's 644 on the home of the Jaguars. Tonight till 8, tomorrow night, Friday night, 6 to 8. Looking forward to getting into the Jaguars locker room tomorrow to get the very latest from the players. We get closer to Tennessee or the Jaguars have won three straight. Doug Peterson has not lost to the Tennessee Titans since he has been the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, you hear the music, you know what that means. Time for our good buddy. He is the Philly Godfather, and he goes into the night with Rick Ogu. Happy New Year's to you, Philly Godfather.
4: Happy New Year's, guys, and it's crazy. We wait all year for the NFL season to begin and now. Well, the season's almost over. Went by just way too fast.
1: Yeah, it looks like you've had a heck of a bowl season and a and a great weekend. Uh, following you on Twitter, it seems as though you were cashing quite a few checks.
4: Yeah, and we're holding Michigan futures at nine to one that I released before the season started. So I really need the Wolverines to come up bigger.
1: All right. So you now you had LSU a few years ago with that. Now you have what nine to one. If Michigan wins the national title, your return is is nine to one. Man, that's good money.
4: I mean, I just knew at the beginning of the season, out of the four powerhouses, they were only college football team returning their starting quarterback. So I said, you know what? This might be the year that we don't see the SEC in the championship. And uh, Michigan might do it, and I liked them They returned a lot of starters from the previous season. And Harbaugh's a great coach, so I had to take them at 9-1. I had to put some money down.
1: Now, when Michigan had gotten the job done, so when you're watching Texas and, and, and UW, did you have a wager on that game? And if not... Did you want Texas, as opposed to to Washington, to be Michigan's opponent coming up on Monday night?
4: Yeah, I mean, this Washington kind of scares me a little bit. Because Michael Penix, he's probably the best quarterback in college football. He's going to be an amazing NFL QB. So anytime you play a guy like that, that can really pick your defense apart, no matter how great this Michigan defense is, it's a little scary. Uh, But their pass defense isn't as strong as Texas and their pass uh, passing defense, their uh, sack percentage, wasn't as great. So I'm kind of happy where I'm at. I mean, Michigan's, what, a five-point favorite, four-and-a-half depending on where you shop. So I'm happy the way it felt.
1: Now, do you double down here? Do you play the Wolverines and, and, and lay the points, or are you going to rest everything on your 9-to-1 preseason pick?
4: I'm probably going to take uh, some more money on, uh, on the Wolverines at the money line. I'm waiting for this line to keep dropping. That- as of right now, like 80% of the early public money is all over Washington, surprisingly. Mm. So, I'm, you know, the line opened up 3.5, went up to as high as 5.5, and, and now it's back down to 4.5, and, and if it keeps dropping, I'll probably take some more uh, Wolverines money line. I'll double dip.
1: But, but, boy, Phil, you got five there. That is surprising to me because Michigan is a true blue blood, and typically the public loves true blue bloods. Washington is – you know, out there in the West Coast, not as many people wa- uh, watch them, but it, it's got to be the Michael Penix factor that is getting the public to lay down, you know, the amount of bets that they've done, at least so far.
4: Yeah, it surprised me. I mean, uh, you know, with Michigan beating Alabama and Alabama beating Georgia, I would think the public would be all over them, but that's not the case here. It's a, You know, a lot of early money's on Washington.
1: All right, talking with the uh, Philly Godfather, he joins us here each and every week. Let's move along to three huge NFL games this weekend. Let's begin in the AFC South. Houston and Indianapolis. What do you make of this game? Yeah,
4: this game originally opened up Colts minus one, and since then it's flip flop. Now the Texans are minus one or one and a half, depending on which sports book you use. Rick, I think uh, we pencil the Texans into the playoffs after this game. I mean, the Texans have the better quarterback. I think the Texans are the better team overall. They're 11th in net yards for play compared to the Colts that come in 17th. And down the stretch since week 10, the Texans' defense is 12th in opponent EPA per play and ninth in opponent success rate, which is much better than the Colts. Colts have come in 19th and 21 in that in those metrics. Uh, and over recent play, I mean, the Colts have also been underperforming in the market uh, over the last four weeks. They're 1-3 and against the Vegas points, but I like the Texans here. I like the Texans on the money line.
1: All right, Texas um, money line pick there as well for uh, the Philly Godfather in that uh, matchup against Indianapolis. Hey, give us all your information, including your show, uh, Philly Godfather. How do our listeners get a hold of you?
4: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Philly Godfather. You can stop on the website at phillygodfather.com. And every Thursday night, we have the Sports Betting Show. Uh, we live-stream on my Twitter account. You can listen to it on SiriusXM Channel 159 or Jacob Sports on YouTube.
1: Let's get to Buffalo and Miami, another huge divisional matchup.
4: Yeah, Miami's all banked up and limping into this game while the Bills are really healthy and in, heading into this matchup. And they've been on fire. They've won five of the last six games and they only lost uh, came in overtime against my Philadelphia Eagles in a game that they had no business losing. They really should have won that game. They gifted the Eagles that game. The market opened up the Bills minus two. It's moved up to that key number of three. I think the right side here is the Bills at anything under a field goal. If you want to buy the half a point or just bet Buffalo on the money line minus 155, I think you all you, should, you cash a ticket. And the Bills were also minus 150 to win the AFC East. So if you want to add even more money to your wager. And uh, you can jump on that.
1: Well. All right, Buffalo. There's no doubt who would the favorite would be if this was in Buffalo, but it's in Miami. Yet the Bills still favored, as Philly Godfather pointed out. Uh, a lot of injuries. You had the big deal today with uh, with Hill's house on fire. That that could provide a massive distraction as well uh, for Miami. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up here for the Jaguars. It's, it's pretty simple. They win. They're in. As of right now, we still don't know for sure who the quarterback is going to be. Your thoughts on Jacksonville going to Nashville?
4: Yeah, I mean, the Titans are definitely going to try to play spoiler here. I just don't see that happening. I think the Jags win this game. Uh, but the point think, you know, as we know, is a great equalizer. We've seen this line open up Jags minus 4.5, and, and it's reached as high as minus 5.5 and, and 6, depending on where you shop. And as long as Lawrence plays, I think they win the game and cover. But uh, I bet them so far early, I bet them, I like the Jags in the first half, minus 2.5. I'm expecting Dougie w- to have this team fired up. I'm expecting them to come out fast. Last time these two teams played, Jacksonville jumped out to a 13 nothing league in the first half before you know blowing out Mike Vrabel's team. I think it was like 34 to 14. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing happens this time around. If you look at this Tennessee team, they've given them third most sacks on the season. They rank in the basement of the NFL in turnover margin, and they rank 16th in opponent uh, passing yards per play. And I, I-, I know Tennessee is going to come out here loose, and you know, uh, I mean, they got nothing to lose, but if, they, if Jacksonville can jump out to an early league, they're really going to have nothing to play for. So I like the Jacksonville Jags here, minus 2.5 in the first half. If uh, Lawrence plays, which I think it's trending that way, I think they cover the game as well.
1: All right. Interesting stuff, as always, from our good friend, the Philly Godfather. Once again, Philly Godfather, information, please, for our listeners.
4: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at Philly Godfather. you can stop by the PhillyGodfather.com.
1: Best of luck in all your plays. Good luck, guys. Here he goes, the Philly Godfather. Good stuff here. How about a first half line from the Philly Godfather? Uh, Jacksonville minus two and a half against Tennessee. Um, as I said, I, I, I really think Jacksonville played such a good football game against Carolina. No turnovers. One penalty. They allowed Carolina to 124 yards. They allowed Carolina to convert one third down conversion, one of 13. I get it. That's a bad team. But it's still a professional football team, right? And I'm looking at all these numbers, and, 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 and to me, there's really only one way that Tennessee can win this game. That would be if Jacksonville got away from the two things that I just mentioned, the two top things I just mentioned. They turn the ball over, okay? C.J. Beathard doesn't turn the ball over, right? They make stupid penalties, all right? Uh, I think they have three penalties in their last two games. They had one penalty last week, and it was a debatable call. Boy, this is a shocker with the officials. So that's really trending up. But Jaguar fans... I get it. At some point, each and every one of you, you're going to have a you know, you're going to have a Derrick Henry nightmare that that's coming at some point. Hopefully, some of you have already experienced that uh, throughout the course of the early part of the week. And and now you're able to move on. But it's coming and it should because of what he has done, historically speaking. But in order to really feature him, as you know, they have to keep it close. They have to be ahead or they have to be in one possession And that's the point I made at the start of the show outside of their loss against Houston. They have been able to keep it close as of late. The only other issue that I really have with Jacksonville is settling for three as opposed to scoring a touchdown. Again, their red zone offense is not good. It's 51% on the year. And in the last three games, they're 5 of 15 inside the 20-yard line when it comes to scoring a touchdown as opposed to settling for a field goal. You just heard the Philly Godfather give us a litany of really bad Tennessee statistics, right? The one thing Tennessee is really good at is their red zone defense. They're number one in the NFL. 38 you know, 38%. To, to put that into perspective, you know what your Jaguars are in the red zone defensively? 53.1%. percent. That is. I believe, oftentimes, an overlooked statistic. Uh, I just, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't hear a lot of conversations. Maybe you do. Maybe in your cubicle or you know, maybe when you meet the guys out for cocktails, you guys are talking about red's, uh, red zone offense compared to red zone defense. I, I, I don't hear it enough. It's a huge factor in this game. Now, you blow them out of the water and, and it never gets mentioned. But look at how this game began. Where the heck is it? Jacksonville began the game. I mean, this was incredible against Carolina. C.J. Beathard orchestrated a 13-play, 43-yard drive. That's almost impossible to do. 13 plays, 43 yards. Okay? You took 6 minutes and 24 seconds off the clock. But you settle for a field goal. The very next possession, or your next scoring possession, in the second quarter, you had a 12-play, 54-yard drive. You took 5 minutes and 47 seconds off the clock. You're doing exactly what you wanted. It was a mixture of run and pass. This was a game that ended up with 35 rushing attempts, 24 passing attempts. This is great old-school football. The offensive line loves it. The defense loves it. They're, they're resting on, on their side of the bench. But you settled for field goals. That's my point. you got to find a way to score here. you got to find a way to put up a touchdown. And, you know, you had three of those in the first half. It was 9 nothing before the second 30 minutes of play. But it was a 35, 26, and 24-yard field goal. By Brandy McManus. Things exploded when Travis Etienne had the 62-yard run. But that ended up being, you know, the the, the deciding touchdown in this game. You had another McManus field goal. And, and, and again, j- just to put things into perspective, the two touchdowns in this game by Etienne, two plays, 66 yards. The touchdown by Etienne late in the game, the one-yard plunge, Four plays, 15 yards. So when Jacksonville scored, it was very quick. Two plays and four plays, respectively. Their field goal drives went 13 plays, 12 plays, 12 plays, and six plays. Which, in a way, is more valuable as far as consumption, time of possession, uh, getting your offense lathered up, resting your defense. All those things are so incredibly important. But just keep that in mind, whether it's here at Tennessee or it's something we talk about maybe next week when the Jaguars host the playoff game. you got to turn those three into seven. Five of 15 has to improve. And again, for the season, they're 21st in the NFL. Uh, Just over, you know, right at, excuse me, 51% on the season. It's amazing because they're a bad third down team and they're a bad red zone team yet they, they win more than they lose, uh, which is very encouraging. All right, let me take a break. I forgot I had John Osher coming up. I should have jammed it up. Let me do that now. Osher
0: joins us on the other side. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line.
1: Just after 7 o'clock on a Wednesday night, time for our conversation with our good pal. He is John Osher, senior writer, Jaguars.com. Get everything from John and his staff. Just go to Jaguars.com. Mr. Osher, hope it was a happy new year for you and yours.
5: You as well, Rick. You as well.
1: Yeah. Um, Isn't it great now for this team that we cover that it's right there in front of them. You don't have to look around and have other things take place. You win this game in Nashville on Sunday. You know, you're hosting a playoff game a week from Sunday. Well,
5: and you always hear coaches talk about it. They're exactly right. Look, it it doesn't matter how you get in, just get in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's certainly an an element of that. There's also an element, you know, might be getting healthy. uh, And the ASC, no matter how bad the Jaguars played for a month, is pretty wide open. Uh, The biggest thing, I think, you know, I keep saying this week, and I hope uh, – I know the coaches get it, and I know the organization gets it. You hope the players get it. Um, back-to-back AFC South titles, Rick, it's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, it, it It's how an era is remembered. Uh, I think this team's going to win more division titles with the current setup. But they've only done it once. It's been 24 years. Uh, that's also the last time, by the way, the 90s were the last time this franchise beat the Titans four times in a row. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're if you're a history guy, and eventually history matters in this game, this is a big game on that front. No matter what happens next, to get back-to-back division titles, uh, I I hope they embrace it, and yeah. I think they will. But it's a big deal.
1: We have a, uh, I think, a very uh, intelligent. Listening audience here in Duval. I think some people around the league will say, Oh my goodness, Tennessee just got blown out 26 3 to Houston. They're done. They're at odds. Vrabel's battling Carthon, this and that. I, I look at the last four games. They lost by a field goal against Seattle. They lost an overtime to that same Houston team. They beat Miami in Miami and they lost an overtime by a field goal against Indianapolis. In, in your opinion, how aware. Is this Jaguar team that that has been the case over the last five, not what they saw three days ago?
5: Well, you would think division rival um, plays into that in this sense. Most of these guys have played the Titans uh, multiple times. They know what they are. I would think most players on this team need look back no further than week 18 last year. Oh, yeah. When it looked like they were not a very good team, the Titans. And you're a fumble away from losing to that team. So, you hope that resonates. The other reality, Rick, is is that, is that the Titans are a team you should beat. Your matchup against them is one that you should win. Meaning, I, I still think, despite the last four or five weeks, that the Jaguars' front seven, particularly uh, Walker and Allen, are better than the, than the people they're playing this week. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a matchup that the Titans have not won very often this year, meaning their offensive line against other teams. So sometimes this game is about enforcing your will. Uh, That to me is the matchup that if you think about it, it's why the Jaguars beat this team so handily in November was their front seven was better than the offensive line of the Titans. Uh, this needs to be a will-enforcing game in that sense. Stay very basic. Don't try to get too fancy. Get some points in the first half. Get ahead of them, and then flex. And I think that should get you the AFC South title. But you have to go do that.
1: I, you know, I think there's a lot of things that you can accomplish as well. I, there's nothing more I'd love than to see Mike Vrabel get knocked out of the division. And you know, he's going to land on his feet. He's going to be a head coach again somewhere. He's real good. I'm, I'm saying it that way that. You yeah, know, there are some reports that he's at odds uh, with the general manager and vice versa. If if this is it and you drop a number on him, uh, that's kind of, you know, something that's hidden in all of this, is that you, you could remove him from the AFC South.
5: Yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, I, I guess I go back to the whole thing. For years, this fan base has had Tennessee scars. Uh, it's the team most fans hate the most. Uh, and, you know, it's in a matter of what they went up there last November. Mm-hmm. In a matter of 13, 14 months, you can get four on them. You know, and, and you can tell yourself, rightfully so, uh, Tennessee doesn't own us anymore. It, you know, we've gotten big wins. Think about the big wins they would have against that team
3: oh, yeah. clinching
5: twice, uh, going up there and sort of. Starting their free fall last year, going in there and having a great game at Tennessee, winning up there twice, uh, getting their head coach out, uh, if if that would happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, I tend not to look at the NFL that way as much, but I'm not a fan. Fans love that. And wouldn't that be cool for the fans, uh, all the Tennessee haters, to have those moments? I can remember when I was a kid being a fan of the Washington football team. Uh you know, any win over Dallas is cool, Rick. And, <laughs> and uh, it's the kind of stuff that you love and that when you're sort of writing stuff down and thinking about your team, you remember those. So, yeah, that matters.
1: John Oshar, I guess, joins us each and every Wednesday night uh, right here on Into the Night. and You can get everything from John by going to Jaguars.com. All right, some nastiness with that offensive line. I mean, this team wins when Cam Robinson is in the lineup. Period.
5: Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to say that Cam is that much better than any other offensive lineman, uh, but I, I've always thought, dating to whenever we've talked, that Cam's really good, and there's a reason sometimes you start at left tackle for a long time in the NFL. It's because you're a good player, and he is definitely, uh, you know, I think he has always been sort of a spiritual leader and that's really not the word I'm looking for but I can remember as far back as 2017 Nate Hackett telling me when cam was a rookie hey he's a guy we can't lose because of all that edge uh, I I think it's taken a while for that to become just sort of known and seen but Rick I, I you know I I don't want to see this team play big games without him and for me that sort of extends to next year I I think he's a core guy. you got to figure out a way. But he matters on this team. And uh, they run better when he's in there. They have more of an head. They don't lose a lot when he's in there. So, yeah, I think he matters. Maybe uh, – you know, what's that phrase? That sometimes a team is, like, bigger than the sum of his parts.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Sam sort of matters more than the sum of his parts, yeah. if you will. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I mean- and, yeah, he matters. Uh, Sometimes guys matter because teams believe they matter, and this team believes Cam Robinson matters.
1: And, and I'm starting to see that change, mm-hmm. uh, myself included. I mean, I've been one of those forever. You know, they're going to recoup $17,775,000. They'll have a dead cap figure of, what, $4 million or whatever it's going to be. But he's gone, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, wait a minute. This offensive line is the most criticized part of this football team, and they win with him in there. So, uh, you know, that – you know, and we'll say this for the offseason, but my priority list was Trevor, Calvin Ridley, Josh Allen, top three. All of a sudden, that's changing a little bit with what we've seen here with uh, with Cam Robinson. Um, all right, final thought. Uh, C.J. Beathard is, is a quality enough football player to to win these games, and I think he takes a little bit more of what the defense will give you. He doesn't try to to make big plays the way that Trevor does. Obviously, if Trevor can go, he will play. You've been right on with this. I've been awful. I can't get anything right with Trevor Lawrence with three different injuries. I'm all for three. So, I'm going to ask you, is Trevor playing on Sunday?
5: I have less of a feel for this one. Uh, If he does at all, I think think he does. He practiced limited today. Uh, He didn't practice last week, and he didn't play. So, I I think he does. and this won't be the basis of the decision. But I think it's important that he plays in in the sense of you're going into the postseason and you want to win the Super Bowl if you're in the postseason. I like the idea of some chemistry being built with him and Zay Jones and and Christian Kirk. And I, I think you have a chance to sort of get a rhythm a little bit this weekend with those guys. Uh, that won't sway the decision. But I think it's important. And if you can get this offense going with all the skill guys, it's been a long time since they've played with the whole group, with the whole game. So, uh, again, I can't answer your question because I don't have a feel. I'm leaning more toward them playing, and I think that's a good – I think that could be a, a real positive uh, about Sunday if that happens.
1: No question about it. Hey, John, always a lot of fun. Thank you. I'll see you over there tomorrow. Rick, we'll see you, buddy. Thank you right. for everything. There you go. Sean Osher, ladies and gentlemen, senior writer, Jaguars.com. So, uh, you know, there, there you go. It's right there in front of them. Um, Jacksonville is getting healthier. They're, they're special teams. They've taken a couple of hits there. They, they really have. The loss of Jamal Agnew to me is a blow uh, as a punt return guy. Obviously, the kick return for the most part has been eliminated in football. Uh, how about Texas the other night with a game on the line? <laughs> they put back a guy w- with a cast. That was, a r- <laughs> I mean,
2: it and was. And of like, course, he screwed it up. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't even blame him for it.
1: Well, I, you know, and I haven't, I, I haven't seen the story around it, but they have one of the best punt returners in the country, and I know it was, uh, it was Sean McDonough. It was Greg McElroy said, well, maybe they didn't put him back there because they didn't want them to kick to him, and I'm like, well. Isn't that even more of the reason why you put him back? Let him kick it out of bounds and you, you know you
2: so many like weird punt things uh this oh, weekend in college teams. like the Michigan put in that kid to be like the safety punt returner. Yeah. And what did he do? He muffed it and luckily for him was able to pick it up. Ooh. Right at the one yard line, right before the end of regulation, but that was almost like Buckner level screw up. Yeah,
1: and then the Alabama
2: and, and this, you know, the
1: snapping of the ball for both teams, including Alabama, that last play.
2: That kid, by the way, was asked to go to the portal today. He yeah, is now in the out. transfer portal.
1: He is available, uh, and I, I've seen. Should I? Should I? Should I announce this to the listening audience? Should I do it, or or should I just bite my tongue? All right. I've cheated. I've looked ahead a little bit at some mock drafts, and I saw him on a mock draft going to the Jaguars oh in the fourth round. <laughs> yes, that, that is true. But anyway, um, losing Agnew's a blow. Losing Daniel Thomas a weekend ago is a blow with the broken forearm. He's one of the better gunners uh, in the NFL. But the flip side of that is his team's getting healthy, right? Lost in all of our conversations. Guess what else happened on Sunday? Tyson Campbell played every snap. Tyson Campbell did not play in the second half against Tampa Bay. Andre Sisco played more. I think he was in for 41 of the 53 snaps. He did not play in the second half against uh, Tampa. And, you know, that that's really interesting because all of the focus was, why is Trevor in with the game out of hand and he got injured against Tampa? Why are you still running? Travis Etienne. I mean, isn't this game nuts if you think about it that way? We saw Tank get 10 carries, and again, he was better than the average. He got 10 carries, but last week, what was I yelling about? Why wouldn't you give Tank uh, some at-bats when you're down by four possessions against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yet they stayed with Etienne? It's it's mind-boggling. On the other side, lost in it, was that Campbell and Cisco didn't play. They did play. This time. And once again, Campbell played every snap. And for uh, Andre Cisco, he ended up playing in 40, let's see here, 41 of the 53 snaps, I believe. Uh, it was actually 54 snaps, excuse me, and Cisco played in 41 of those. Also, we're seeing Antonio Johnson, who's been responsible for three takeaways. If you look at nickel coverage, you 36 snaps for Johnson, 17 snaps for Trey Herndon. So, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of youth movement there in the secondary. All right, when I come back, let's uh, let's hear from you. Let's get you involved here on our text line. 641-1010 brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Guess what else I've done over here, JJ? You're not
2: going to believe it. Somehow screwed up the computer?
1: No. Oh. I have actually pulled up our show on YouTube.
2: Oh, so this is part of your New Year's resolution in action. It is.
1: It is. I said I'm going to try to be a little bit more interactive. Now, i got to learn how to sign in so I can respond to these people. Okay, that in itself is probably going to be a two- to three-week process for me to learn how to do that. But, yeah, tell us
2: now all the different ways that you can get our program. So, obviously, 1010XL app, which we talk about incessantly here, uh, but we also have the 92.5 app. So if ever you're listening to us and, like, the fishing show comes on or a JU basketball game and you're like, what the hell, I was just listening to Rick, well, go to the other app. Um, or go to YouTube. We are always on YouTube every single night, Tenton XL's YouTube page, and uh, you can watch Rick, see what he's wearing every night, and, you know, sometimes he gives you a wink at the camera. <laughs> uh, that's That's how I like to watch it because even if you don't start like, say you start listening to the show at 7.06, you can go all the way back to the beginning. You can skip the commercials. I know I'm not supposed to say that, but you can. That's my preferred way of watching Tenson XL is our YouTube channel.
1: Yeah, and, and if I go like this, I mean, people can be like, is that a pick or is that a scratch? Mm. I mean, you, you just, <laughs> yeah, you, you never really Mystery. know. Uh, we're always on 92.5. As JJ pointed out, there are times a game uh, would have you be on 10.10. But if you're on 10.10, and you enjoy the programming that you're listening to as far as the game or whatever, sure, keep it there. But if you want to go back to us, you can always get us on the radio station, 92.5, the 92.5 app, and as well as on YouTube. And, you know, like my dad in Tampa, he just screams. He goes, yo, Alexa, put it on 92.5 FM in Jacksonville.
0: And the app will do that as well. Let's go into the night with Rick Palu on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: Send us some more Pink Floyd cover bands, please. Just send them to us. Usually two a year at the Florida, uh, at the uh, Florida Theater. You haven't gotten any of those yet, have you? You need you need to I'm here every night. Ah, that thing on automated automation or whatever you call it. Yeah, get Ardra to fill in for you. Get Dylan Denmark to fill in for you, or ask Frank. Ask Frank Fringe to fill in for you.
2: I used like tons of my vacay time already on Italy, so 2024 will be like a maybe one trip for me, and uh, you'll see me here every night after that. You going to Italy? I am stoked. About a month and a half.
1: Gosh, I have no desire to go anywhere. <laughs> Outside of the country. And uh, I just waved goodbye to my daughter, who's now in Paris. So that's going to change. I, I have no desire to go to Paris. None. I would much rather to pay for her to come back here. This,
2: so it won't year. be like a Home Alone, the Blue Family Christmas in Paris? That sounds badass, actually. Expensive.
1: Maybe it's better than... Maybe it's better than I think it's going to be. I just.
2: I mean, that's a huge city. That's uh, like next level massive. That's New York City type stuff.
1: I just every year I went to London, it was so overrated. See, but 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 I'm one of those guys that I am. My disposition changes immensely with the weather. OK. And I talk about this often. You You know me off air. A lot of people are like, oh blue, he all he does is complain and complain. I complain about sports. And if teams aren't winning. Off the year, for the most part, I'm a, I'm a I'm a pretty happy human, pretty happy human being. But when we get rain and we get cold, it it makes me miserable. It it really does. And I know I'm not the only one, but when it's sunny and it's beautiful out, it's like this is the greatest thing ever. Every year we went to London, the weather sucks.
2: And it'll be like that for the continuation of the rest of uh, that it exists. It sucks. It does. We are very spoiled living here. That's just a fact.
1: People are like, oh, you know, we're going to take the trip this year. We're going to go see the Jaguars in London. And I'm looking at it. And I'm trying to keep a straight face. I want to say, don't. Don't. Go to the game in Nashville. Sp- spend a night on Broadway Street. You know, get Go to a game in the States. Why do you want to go all the way out to London? Go
2: to the Tampa game.
1: So I am. And so that's kind of what I envision with Paris. And I don't know. Same thing. I mean, all the time I get out, my brother's doing it again coming up soon. They're going over to Ireland to play golf. I'm like, I don't want to play Lynx golf when it's raining and it's cold. You call me soft.
2: That's call all me, year round. I mean, call
1: me anything you want. I, I, oh, I, and I know the Irish bars will be fun after. Yeah, I get it. But I, no, I'd much rather go back to Costa Rica and play absolutely. golf. Absolutely, or go back to Jamaica and A play lot golf. Cheaper
2: as well. I mean, or you go look back
1: to the Dominican Republic and play golf.
2: The British Open is in July every year, and it's usually in the fifties, sixties, rainy every day. Cloudy every day. They show the beaches, oh. you know, off the course, and no one's ever hanging out at the beach. It's freezing. Mm-mm. But the golf is great. That's why people go. I
1: well, wonder how many of our listeners are, are that way deeply affected. And, and, you know, I'm not one of those guys who clocks in the office at nine and leaves at five. I guess for a lot of you people, it doesn't matter. If it's sunny or if it's raining, you got a job to do. You may not even have a window. I don't know, um, but that absolutely—that's it, it, no matter where I go or what I do. That's that's really the only thing that I ask. This please, let's have great weather. And if we have great weather, everything else is going to be outstanding. You're not going to get great weather if you go to London. You know, it's a joke that it's a joke that you got to go over there and play a damn game anyway. I, I don't know why people would, oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's it's go where to the game was
2: invented, Rick. <laughs> Speaking of beautiful weather, Jacksonville tomorrow here, sunny in the 60s.
1: Okay. I'd like a little bit warmer, but I'm not going to complain. What's we'll it on Saturday? Because I got an early tea time, and it's way too early for me.
2: Rainy, unfortunately, all day uh, until about 4 p.m.
1: Okay, so I'm playing at like 8.30, which is totally 100% yeah. against what I do.
2: Rainy in the 60s.
1: But I got to play early because I want to get back in. Uh, actually, to be honest with you, my, my buddies have stuff going on or whatever. So I'm like, come on, man. Let's just play it like one. No, no, no. We got to play early. Wives. Gross. <laughs> Wives came in to play. Oh, the wife has something scheduled. Yeah. So let her go.
2: But, you know, you got to watch the kids. Or
1: Wives hate golf. I mean, they just despise it. You could just walk in right now and tell your wife, "Hey, I'm going out with the guys and going to a gentleman's club. I just took a thousand dollars out of the bank." Your wife would be you're like, get "Yeah." In the eight ball. Your you wife's like, "Yeah, have a good time." <laughs> you're like, "Please, please, please, can I sneak in eighteen this morning? I'm going to get up at four thirty in the morning. I'm first off the tee." And your wife's like, "You bloody
2: You know, we have that thing.
1: My gosh, you're playing golf. You're evil.
2: You know we have to go to Sally's Recital.
1: And I'm like, really? Okay, you you go into a place where there's 250 guys and two girls, maybe one on a cart as a cart girl and the
2: other in the bar, and yet your wife is just, you know. Because it's not about the women. It's about you having fun.
1: Exactly. I love it. I absolutely love it. I got a guy. We got a guy here listening in Denver. He's talking about all the, the dope in Denver, and I'm, I'm going out to visit a buddy there this summer to play golf uh, from Jacksonville here. He made, made the name Matt Joseph, Dr. Joseph, the late Dr. Joseph, and great family. And uh, I was going to make it last year, but I just couldn't put it together, so I'm going to do it this year. Um, uh, but he still to this day, well, not anymore because he lives in Denver, but he, he always blamed me with the wife. Well, it's blue. Baloo. Baloo's. <laughs> Baloo, so, I I know that those husbands who were locked into uh golf games or stuff like that, you you need an out, right? Was it Chris a Fall guy? Yeah, was it Chris, Chris Carter? Carter? Was it Chris Carter that said you need a fall guy?
2: To all the he went to the rookie symposium right. uh, at the NFL yeah. and told all these rookies sage advice. Which was, hey, you need one of your buddies to be the fall guy when you get into something.
1: There are two really good friends. Regardless of the situation, I think I I, I moved off to Chicago, and I was still like the fall guy. Oh, it's Baloo. You know, Baloo's going through a divorce. Oh, it's Baloo. Baloo is in trouble at the radio station. Uh, I need to meet him for beers.
2: I mean, those are the best fall guys because she can never run into them. Right. And the lie can never be exposed.
1: Baloo's got massive problems with the radio station. I, I, I have to play 18 holes with him.
2: He's going through it at work, babe.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. You know, I mean, how many times are you going to go to that well? It's like the dog, ate, the dog ate my homework excuse. I mean, how many times are you going to say it's my fault? How many times can I get in trouble with the radio station until I end up losing my job? It was unbelievable. Ventrell Miller, uh, someone asked me here, 55-12, do we know uh, what is going on with the Jaguars linebacker draft out of Florida who was hurt uh, before the season? Yeah, he got re-injured during training camp. That's Ventrell Miller. It's basically a redshirt year. Yeah, I've spoken with him twice. I, I interviewed him before the Florida State-Florida game, and I interviewed him before the Georgia-Florida game. And I'll give him credit. Both times I, I asked injury-wise, and I, I'm guessing – that he has been advised not to really speak on it. Because he, re- he was pretty diplomatic about it, and I respect him for it. But I have to believe that with an entire year off, he- he'll be a full goal next year. And that's some big plans right there for a fourth rounder. I mean, you got to get something out of them. They didn't get anything and haven't gotten anything out of their second and third round picks. Again, Tank Bigsby had 10 carries last week. Brenton Strange had two targets, one reception. You know, the first round pick has been real good. Now all of a sudden you're starting to get, you know, some later picks, fifth and sixth round picks, Parker Washington, Antonio Johnson starting to provide. I I, I I think they both can be really big contributors. I do. I mean, on this current roster, I don't expect Jamal Agnew back next year. I don't expect Christian Kirk back next year. I understand that true slot guys are Christian Kirk and Parker Washington. But Kirk's out right now. All these receivers at one point are out. Now, I'm not even going to get into the the Calvin Ridley uh, situation right now because that that's going to be a just a massive conversation during the offseason. Real quick, one hockey note. What Connor McDavid is doing, deserves 30 seconds of recognition. Do you realize that he needed only 602 games to score 900 career NHL points? Think about that. that Where is, is that, like, with Gretzky? Yeah, it's the fourth fastest in the history of the NHL. Gretzky, who's just insane, Gretzky did it in 385 games. Okay. 600, he got 900 points in 385 oh games. God, Mario Lemieux, 500, uh, make that 463 games. Mike Bossy, who died about a year and a half ago. God, he was so good with the Islanders when he played with Cart Gillies and Brian Trottier and company. I mean, Edmonton won three in a row, right? Right before that, the New York Islanders won four Stanley Cups. Uh, in a row. Boston won two of three, should have won three of four. I and mean, It's like the Chicago Bears. It's like Bobby Cox and the Atlanta Braves. It's like Bobby Bowden in Florida State. I mean, just how they won so few is, uh, is mind-boggling. But anyway, Boston 582 and uh, Peter, uh, Peter Stastny. Peter uh, Stastny, his brother played in the league as well. I believe his son, absolutely, in the league. 599 games. To get to 900 points. But Connor McDavid is doing that right now. Connor McDavid is going to move, really. He's got a chance to enter Mount Rushmore as truly one of the greatest to ever have played the game. And, you know, Gretzky's number one. Bobby Orr's on that list, but Bobby Orr was a defenseman, and Bobby Orr had the um, Sandy Koufax. Gail Sayers' career, right? Seven or eight really good years, seven or eight of the greatest years that you could ever have in a sport. But because of an injury, his career came together way too soon, like Baselli here. Okay. Just go back and see what Gail Sayers did in Chicago and obviously the great Sandy Koufax. Well, Bobby Ewell was the same. But when you get through, um, when you get through Gretzky, then I, I think it's got to be Lemieux and Gordie Howe. And, and then man, it is up for conversation with Yager and Avechkin and Guy LaFleur and Bobby Hull and, um, uh, you know, Sidney Crosby. There, there's just so many that you can throw on there and, and, and really debate. But Avechkin is headed towards that list. Oh, excuse me, he already is. On that list, uh, Connor McDavid is uh, is headed towards that list. My goodness, 900 points in 602 games. Just absolutely flat-out incredible. All right, let me come back. Let's um, let's uh, let's put our final thoughts on this one. And uh, tomorrow's going to be a really big day. I am. I'm looking forward to uh, heading out to the locker room tomorrow and uh, seeing everything that is uh, transpiring and also sort of try to get a pretty good feel about particularly those injured players. Uh, the good news today, Walker, a little practice in full. Ezra Cleveland practiced in full. My guess would be Ezra Cleveland in at right, at uh, left guard on Sunday. Again, that's a guess. Um, I, I do not know that. As a matter of fact, when we come back, let's, let's play a comment today from Doug Peterson, which I honestly wanted to do at the beginning part of the program. I just did not but I think you'll find it very interesting, and we'll take it from there. So, much more to do. We'll take you up until 8 o'clock, then Hacker Nation joins you on the Home of the Jag.
0: Into the Night with Rick Baloo on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right,
1: I guess DJ Lagway got banged up today during the Under Armour All-American game. Uh, according to the Orlando Sentinel, the injury is unknown. Uh, there's a photo of him here with the left ankle taped up and getting some ice. But few people have asked me about that. Uh, that is subject to change as far as the uh, you know analysis on the uh, injury. But he's got he's got a while right. I mean, this is uh, what the third day. Of January, man, a lot of guys gone down. Look at all the backup quarterbacks we're seeing right now in the <clears throat> in the NFL. Uh, another example of that. You just, regardless of when and where, uh, we are losing quarterbacks and other players as well. All right, let's get to Doug Peterson today. Asked about the importance of this game, the importance of of uh, you know being able to to win a contest in. Um, you know, in Tennessee and being able to potentially win back-to-back AFC Southern Championships.
0: Uh, you look at the history of the AFC South, I mean, it's been dominated by Tennessee of late. Uh, Houston's had their their run. Uh, Indy, obviously, you know, back in the Peyton days, I and mean, they had they had their run of, of AFC South, and I think, you know, Jags have only had two, you know, so um, we're trying to we're trying to make our mark obviously um, it's a great division and got great teams in there great uh, great coaches and leaders and, and good football players and so you know for us to to be in this position again second year I mean it's a credit to our players in the locker room coaching staff to uh, to work as hard as we do and and um, the players to work as hard as they do
1: it's really amazing to see what's happened not only with the Jaguars but with the entire AFC South uh, I got a Back to Boston and Cape Cod every year for a memorial golf tournament. One of my one of my best buds who uh, succumbed a few years ago uh, to cancer. And, you know, we're golfing and we're sitting around. We're having cocktails and just talking football. And, you know, a buddy of mine's like, oh, the Jags will win no problem. That's the easiest division in the NFL. And there was a time where I absolutely said that. Remember how dysfunctional it felt in Houston? Remember how dysfunctional it felt in Indianapolis? And, you know, it feels that way right now in Tennessee, reportedly Carthon and Vrabel at odds. Well, you have three teams at 9-7, and seven. all right? Jacksonville wins, they go to 10-7. and seven. Unless there's a tie between the Colts and the Texans, one of those teams is going to go to 10-7. and seven. The other is going to go to 9-8. and eight. That is just flat out way better than expected. So, I don't even know what else to say. And, you know, Levis, the future in, in, uh, in Tennessee, Stroud. And it was a time where Stroud was being talked about as an MVP candidate. It's a lost year for Anthony Richardson. And, of course, year three for Trevor has been somewhat of a setback offensively. But, you know, let us remember he only turned 24 in October. And he is still... You know, if, if Trevor Lawrence takes him into the playoffs again, wins again, goes back to the division around wins or loses, I, I don't think things are going to change mightily uh, with your opinion on him. I mean, the guy's gone through four different injuries. And, again, I'm not creating an excuse here. That's reality. And the emphasis in the offseason, as far as I'm concerned, is going to be offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. That's it. Let me get one last one in here before we say goodbye. Someone asked me why uh, was Tank Bigsby talked about so heavily during training camp, okay? I'm going to be the first to raise my hand on this one. I'm going to own it. I bragged about him. He was that good. And I'm not throwing anyone under the bus, Okay. But I understand that in this business being wrong is the absolute worst thing that you can be, and you'll get a lot of covered up on it. You get a lot of people who will never go back and admit it, or they'll find a way to change it. I'm owning it. As I always do. I have sat here tonight twice and already told you I've been wrong on the last three guesses as to whether or not Trevor Lawrence is gonna play or not play. I'll say the same thing about Tank Bigsby. He looked like a star in August. A star. And I sat with a lot of members of the media who felt the same way. I I don't know what happened, but I'm not giving up on him yet. And Trent Fonke's not going to give up on him. He invested a third-round pick. So we we know that much as well. Now,
0: today's takeaways. Brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years.
1: All right, uh, it's all good, and that includes the good folks over at Key Buick GMC right across the street from Tinseltown, South Side and Gate. Absolutely love my Key GMC Sierra truck and, of course, the GF Her Buick Enclave. 23s, brand-new 24s in the lot, a ton to choose from, so go ahead and visit them. For me, it's all about the vibe today, and it's a real good one. It's about the return to health for the Jaguars. If you did not hear Today, it was announced that Christian Kirk has been designated for the return list. He could be in action Sunday against the Titans. Will he? We'll see. Same applies for Christian Kirk, and obviously Trevor Lawrence is the majority of where the conversation has been. Kind of lost at all this is the offensive lineman. Walker Little got seven snaps last week, late, replacing Cam Robinson. He practiced in full today, and Ezra Cleveland practiced in full today. Today, I, I think that um, he will be back in. That is my guess. He will be back in as the starting left guard on Sunday. I don't know that. I'm
0: just guessing that that's going to be the case. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com
3: slash careers. Equal opportunity employer.
1: Everyone's getting healthy,
3: Hacker. Yeah, good time to do it, and it's interesting. They've been decimated by injuries in the last six games, six weeks, really. And other than Jamal Agnew, this is the healthiest they've been in a long time. I'm glad you mentioned that, because I have talked
1: about it in, in the last couple of shows. Kind of, the whole return game is half of what it used to be, because kick returns really don't apply anymore, or very limited. But the punt return game is huge, and also losing Daniel Thomas is one of the better gunners in the league hurt a week ago, so... Yes, um, I looked at Jacksonville with, with Cook, and McManus went through that slump. I, he had a good Sunday. But I look at Jacksonville as one of the better special team units in the NFL. All of a sudden, you've lost your return, man. You've lost one of your gunners.
3: Yeah, that's a good point. And look, they go to Tennessee, and Tennessee, you wonder if they're just going to throw the kitchen sink at Jacksonville. They have nothing to lose. They're cleaning out their lockers on Monday. And you also have the dynamic of a changing of the guard in Nashville, potentially Ryan Tannehill's. Final game as a Tennessee Titan, potentially Derrick Henry's final game as a Tennessee Titan. So there's a lot going on up in Nashville. And listening to Mike Vrabel this week, uh, you can tell that they would love nothing more than to end Jacksonville's season. Tennessee knows they're going on vacation on Monday, and they'd love to take Jacksonville with them. You think Mike Vrabel sticks around? I do. Based on what he said today, now again, I mean, he was kind of asked in a press conference setting, but he said he absolutely wanted to be there. There have been a lot of rumors between he and Rand Carthon. Are they kind of butting heads? And I thought that at the time last year, the former Florida Gator, now the GM up there, it's weird when a GM and a coach are not brought in together. We have the same situation here, right, with Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson, uh, it doesn't always work out. So a lot of rumors about Carthon and Vrabel not seeing eye-to-eye, but based on what Vrabel told the Nashville media today, he wants to be there and he expects to be back in 2024.
1: Yeah. Um, you know it's, it, and that applies here. I mean, during the four-game losing streak, uh, we were talking about guys like Chad Muma and talking about guys like Brenton Strange and and uh, and Tank Bigsby. Uh, there's got to be a feeling with Trent Bulky. It's like play him, play him, play him, especially the offensive guys. And I get it that Strange was hurt, but Doug Peterson's trying to win games too. Yeah, and he's going to play the guys that he believes gives him the best chance to win.
3: And the interesting thing about Balky, you know, fans rip him for the draft classes. Well, if you do that, that's fine. And I think that's fair. But then you also got to give him credit for Evan Ingram, right? I mean, last night we talked about this. Calais Campbell, Leon Searcy. I mean, Evan Ingram in two years is on a short list of the best free agents that have ever been brought to Jacksonville. Christian Kirk is on the outskirts of that list too. So Balky to me has done a much better job in free agency than he has in the draft. All right, what's coming up tonight? Obviously, a ton of Jaguars. In fact, we're going to kick things off in about 20 minutes with Jason Cole. He's covered the NFL for years. He's also a pro football Hall of Fame voter. So I want to ask Jason Cole, who's going to get to hear the argument for Fred Taylor in that room. Cole has been a voter for many, many years. What his thoughts are on Fred when that argument is going to be made here in about a month's time. Look forward to that. That's coming up in just a couple of minutes. And
1: and by the way, you mentioned the name Cole. Uh, we lost a good friend here in Jacksonville back midway through the month of December. Nat Cole, who um, you may have seen him drive around. He had a, he had a painted Florida State old kind of, uh, I don't know, SUV, a Jimmy, if you will. And uh, he passed. But There's going to be a memorial service coming in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to make that announcement for our listening audience but I tell you what I'm going to give you to start the show because I just got this from the Jaguars and you're not officially allowed to announce it. I want to do it right now. I do. I just want to come out and say it, but I'm not going to Jaguars and the pro bowl. Oh, that's right. And five minutes, eight o'clock, right? Has just been announced. I have who it is. And if you have it good, if not, I will share that with you. So coming up in less than five minutes, the 1010XL 92.5 listening audience will get to hear from you as to who is going to the Pro Bowl for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I'm so soft, JJ. The old me would have released those names five minutes before and Luke said, you know Fortner, what? Fortner, congratulations.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tank Bigsby and Luke Fortner are going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, uh, I, I, I'm mushy. I'm soft. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Tomorrow, 6 to 8, I'll be in the Jaguars locker room. Maybe I'll talk to those pro bowlers. Thank you to John Osher. Thank you to the Philly Godfather. Thank you to J.J. LaSalva. I don't check the text list or the YouTube conversation. Now if the show is over, get me on Twitter. Blue 1010XL. We'll talk tomorrow at 6.